So in this episode of Conversations for Fearless Leaders, Dale and I have had many opportunities to meet with clients that are frustrated with certain underperforming employees. They show up late, they don't do the job right according to their standards, maybe they're very slack, they make a lot of mistakes. There's an issue. As a leader, how do you deal with this? Welcome to Conversations for Fearless Leaders. Do you avoid important conversations for fear of not saying it right? How comfortable are you to deal with difficult situations? What if instead you could approach any conversation with clarity and confidence? We are Dale Lachlan of Trinidad and Tobago and Rhonda York of the United States. In Conversations for Fearless Leaders, we draw on our combined 40 years of experiences as professionally trained coaches, certified in conversational intelligence and team coaching. So join us in this podcast series as we discuss your most challenging leadership situations with a deep multidisciplinary perspective. In each episode, we will share practical tools, tips, and steps for you to implement with confidence. Let your journey with us awaken your inner courage to discover, experiment, and learn what it takes to become a fearless master of leadership conversations. So Dale, what are some experiences that you may have had with some of your clients dealing with underperforming employees' direct reports? One of the things, Rhonda, that, that's clear is the sense of frustration the leader feels. The sense of frustration that I keep on trying, I keep on telling them what I expect and what they're doing wrong. I keep on saying, we keep on, I keep on trying to get them to perform, but nothing seems to work. What do I need to do differently? And it sounds like what you're saying is they're having the same conversation over and over again. So I can yeah. tell you when, Dale, when I've talked to certain leaders that have had similar things where it's really caused a lot of disruption within the organization, as I dive deeper in that conversation with the leader, what I've discovered is the communication with the underperformer is not clear enough, is not specific enough. And there's a lot of disconnect. So for an example, I would have a leader say, I need this person to be more assertive and forward thinking. I immediately go into what does assertive mean to you? Well, you know, being out there more. How would you know if this underperformer is being assertive? What would you see? And I do that because so many times managers use these business buzzwords and things that they want to change. They know they want something different, but the leader themselves has not gained clarity around 
what is it specifically they want to see the behavior? What do you think? I, I agree totally. What causes the disruption that you talked about is the disconnect between the leader and the direct report in terms of, first of all, exactly what performance looks like. Not just any performance, but the desired performance. The question I like to ask is, you know, if I was following you around, what would I actually see you doing? What would I actually hear you saying? What's so important is that the leader, first of all, has to become really clear on what the performance gap is in order to do that. He's got to know then what is it that success looks like and what is it that I'm getting now? What is it that's being delivered now? Only then can the leader determine what the gap is and only then can the leader start to have a conversation with the direct report around What's happening here? Say more about the gap, because I totally agree with you, but some of our listeners may not really understand when you and I and other coaches refer to the gap. What is that? The gap, when we're talking about performance, the gap is what is it that I'm not getting? What is it that's not happening? Okay, so if I'm describing it, let's say if we scale it right now, if I looked at my employee and I would say they're operating according to my standards at a five, and I really need them to at least be an eight, prefer to 10. So the gap would be between the five and the eight. And I, as a fearless leader, need to determine What's missing? What do I need to see this employee do to help them raise their level of effectiveness up to an eight? So that's the gap right there. And, And before I can have that conversation with my employee, I need to be clear with myself what I'm seeing as far as behavior compared to what I really want to see. Conversation is so pivotal, so vital here. First of all, when we're talking about what the leader's expectations are, one would assume that at some point prior, the leader and the direct report did sit down together and agree on what success in that particular role, in that particular project, success in that particular instance would look like. One would assume that that conversation ended with pretty decent um, agreement or shared understanding on both sides. One would also assume that there was some conversation right at the beginning around 
how will we know if this is being done? How will we measure success? One would also assume that over the period that both the leader and the direct report would be involved in measuring and reflecting on the success achieved. So that when the leader gets to the point where he's saying that there is underperformance and that this has been continuing for some time now, he has some facts on which to base his conclusion of underperformance and his conclusion of for some time now. Yeah, that's so true. And so many times I think leaders are frustrated and something you just mentioned was having examples and they have to be specific, not you're not doing your job or you're not effective, but giving specific examples of whether it's a late report, a lot of mistakes, that type of thing, and what it is that they want to see. And in addition to the clarity of what success would look like, there has to be several other things. And one of them would be ongoing conversations. So as a leader, in addition to letting an employee know when they're not meeting your expectations, you also need to have those conversations when you see them doing it right especially after this type of conversation when you've identified that gap and want them to do something differently. When you see them doing it the way that you want, if you will comment on that and again, being specific, I love the way that you turned this report in on time. It looks very neat and all the information is accurate. So that's being specific about what you see, and it also reinforces the behavior that you want to see. And people like to be acknowledged and given credit, and it's a way of doing it honestly, effectively, without a lot of fluff. And these are things that are important. Conversations need to happen more often than they're happening in most offices. And so many times leaders give feedback when they don't like things, but they're not giving feedback guidance when they do see it being done right. What you're talking about, and I love the way that you mentioned the word feedback, essentially is how does the leader provide performance feedback to the direct report during the performance cycle. That feedback has to be consistent. It has to be ongoing. And the thing is, feedback doesn't mean judgment, criticism, because I'm frustrated as a leader with the performance that I'm seeing. Feedback needs to be factual, 
and delivered with a sense of partnership. My role as the leader is to make it possible for you to do the things that are expected, to come up to the standards that are expected of you. And we essentially work as partners together in making that happen. Yeah, so one of the things that you talked about, and so often we use that word feedback, and that can be what you and I call a trigger word, that when people hear, I want to give you feedback, that all of a sudden their defenses go up and it's like, oh, here comes some bad things. And if we reframe that and use the different word of guidance, if you think about you want all your team members to be successful, then how do you guide them towards success? So thinking of that can, one, change your intention and how you are thinking when you have that conversation And by doing that, I think it makes a leader show up differently with their employee. Yeah. You know, as I listen to you, I'm thinking so much depends on how the leader decides he wants to show up. Well, how do I want to show up? Do I want to show up as the performance partner with my direct report? In which case, we work together to ensure the delivery that we're looking for. Together, what we seek to do is to move from uncertainty around the performance to clarity around what needs to be achieved, by when, by whom, with what resources, what is actually being achieved, where the gaps are, what's being done well and acknowledging and reinforcing that as well as what could be done better. And Rhonda, I just want to go back to a point I had made earlier. The leader's role here is not as judge and jury because this conversation can take place so easily, can start so readily by the leader asking the direct report, so where, what gaps do you see in your performance? What would you like to do better? What are you doing really well now? What would you like to do better? What's stopping you? What advice would you give me to be a better performance partner for you in the future? And I want to add to that, what do you need from me and the organization to be successful in your role? Absolutely. So to have these conversations, Dale, one last thing that I think you and I need to talk about is how do they create an environment, a safe environment to have these conversations, what's needed. You and I talk a lot about trust, priming for trust, and building those relationships. So what is it that a leader needs to do, what needs to be in place, the culture, in order to have these types of conversations you and I've talked about today 
to be so effective? A couple of things come to mind. There needs to be a visible performance management process within the organization. So it's very clear that in this organization, what we do is that we plan for performance. We agree on performance deliverables. We measure on the performance that is being achieved. We develop people having identified gaps to support them in performing at higher levels. We review performance on a regular basis. When in the culture of the organization, there is the clarity around the process that certainly is a place to start, but it's not the only requirement. I've seen many instances where there is a clear performance process, but there is a very low level of trust, both by managers and by employees in that process. Nobody likes to do it. Nobody wants to do it. And to me, the second most important thing then is that both managers and employees need to allow the process to work. Now, if there are flaws in the process, that's a different type of conversation, which they need to take up with their HR functions. However, it is absolutely important that both managers leaders and their direct reports actively work within the system or the process that the organization has laid down. And they allow the process to work. That means they have to get over their fears, their doubts, their assumptions about performance review, performance feedback, performance planning. They've got to give the process a chance to work. Yeah, I um, agree with you. And you and I talk about trust a lot. So I think we need to do a whole podcast on (laughs) trust and how to create trust because it is very important. And I think we've done a great job here today talking about the underperforming employee and as a leader where your role comes into it. So if we had to to sum it up, one thing is to ask your employee, what would success look like in their role to them and to hear that response? And then as a leader, being very clear on what your expectations are and taking it a step further to be able to describe the behavior that you would see from the employee if they were being successful in their role according to your vision and the expectations of the organization. What else would you add to that, Dale, as we wrap up this episode? I would say that once then you've done those two things, which basically sets the scene for performance, then what you do as a leader is that you work in partnership with your direct report to make that performance happen. 
My assumption at this stage is that both parties agree on, have a shared understanding of what is to be delivered and by when and by whom and with what and what support is going to be provided. So then you work your plan. Both parties have to do what they said they were going to do to keep their performance promises, whether it be to do or to support. And the second thing would be to make sure that as leader and as a direct report, you have a continuing conversation going around how are we doing? What's working? What's not working? What is being done well? What could be done better? What could we do more of? What could we do lesser? So that by the time, two things, so that by the time we get to the performance review, there are no surprises. It's really a logical conclusion of the continuing conversations that have been taking place. Great questions, Dale. So listeners, thank you for joining us in this episode for Conversations for Fearless Leaders. We love sharing our experience and coaching knowledge with you and hope you will join us again in the next episode. Have a great day from Dale and Rhonda.